0: Hey guys, Jordan Harbinger here, former host of The Art of Charm and current host of The Jordan Harbinger Show, because I'm really creative with naming my new show, apparently. And now, I'm helping out a good friend of mine, Peter Hewseth, with his podcast, Millennial Highway. You're listening to Millennial Highway. This is the podcast of your generation. You're on the highway of life, so why not join us in the fast lane? Hey guys, welcome to Millennial Highway. I'm your host, Peter Huseth. Today I'm sitting here with Sherry Wilson, who is a business owner, a financial planning expert, and a recently published author of the book "Do I Have to," which is a book dedicated to helping millennials figure out how to effectively utilize their money. Sherry, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Peter. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. Um, so, when did you um, become a farmer's agent?
1: Um, I started. Uh my farmer's agency in November of 2015, um, after I had been working as a financial advisor, a financial planner, um, for about uh, five years with a private wealth management company, um, I was given an opportunity to start a farmer's agency. And the idea of being a business owner was always something I thought about doing. And this, when this opportunity came up, it was a good fit. So I jumped on it.
0: That's awesome. I like the entrepreneurial uh, climb there. Um, mm-hmm. What made you want to become a farmers agent?
1: I I chose to partner with Farmers because of who Farmers is as a company, the products that they offer, but also their claims department. The way they handle claims is one of the best in the business. And so, choosing Farmers to partner with as a small business owner uh, was very important to me because of how they take care of their clients. Once I sell a policy, farmers claims kicks in if that, that client has a loss. And uh, so I partner with them because they're one of the best in the business when it comes to doing what they say they're going to do. And that's pay your claim.
0: So the efficacy of uh, farmer's insurance is what's important. And that's why you chose the going to farmers.
1: Yes. There's a lot of different carriers out there. But when a client is investing in their premium, they want to get a return on that investment. And so I believe that farmers is one of the strongest uh, when it comes to paying their claims, paying them on time and for the amount um, that helps to satisfy the client and get them restored fully um, back to where they were before the claim happened. Um, So it's important for me to partner with somebody that has the same values that I have uh, and treats clients the way I would treat my clients.
0: So you uh, went into financial planning after uh, you graduated from college. What made you want to do that?
1: Well, um, I didn't go to college to get a degree in financial planning or in finance. I went a totally different direction. My background is in retail and clothing and textiles marketing. Um, and one thing I want to mention, um, since the, your audience is particularly millennials and those who have just graduated from college, you may start your career based on a degree you have, but over time, as your interests and your experience change, you may end up in something that's totally different. So I started my career based on my degree, and that was in uh, retail sales, marketing, uh, manufacturing. But as time evolves, I ended up, getting into a financial planning career and um but it still aligns with the service that i the personal service that i learned way back in my retail days i've always been in a service industry and financial planning is just another service industry and so is the insurance is also a service industry i'm serving people i'm serving my clients
0: for someone who uh you know, because you have a lot of experience with the financial planning uh, industry. For someone who may want to go in to the financial planning uh, area uh, as a career, what does it look like?
1: Uh, there's a couple of different ways that you can go about it. Uh, there's now in business schools and in the uh, many different business schools around the country are offering financial planning as a degree path, and when you graduate, you can sit for the Certified Financial Planner designation, which is, it's almost like a master's master's degree on its own, and it prepares you to be able to give financial planning advice to a client. Um, I have my designation in uh, Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor. So it's part of, it's like a broad view of the, CFP, it's part of the courses, um, are aligned with the CFP, and it's put out by the College of Financial Planning, the same college that provides both uh, designations, Um, but it prepares you to help clients as they are structuring their finances and all the areas of financial planning that need to be addressed, and there's um, key areas that we work in. Uh, One is retirement planning. I think that's the one that's most common to everybody. But there's also tax planning, managing your income and your cash strategies. Insurance is part of it. It's particularly life insurance, making sure that your income is protected. Um, And for me, I can add that piece of uh, property and casualty so that you're protecting one of your largest investments, which is your home and your second's your auto. Um, But it's also, for me, it's preparing for your future in that uh, retirement. Um, The other thing is tax planning strategies uh, and uh, estate planning. And that's a key area that uh, I work on with my clients is making sure they have their estate plan in order.
0: Out of all those uh, different subsets of financial planning, which one do you think is maybe the most popular?
1: You know, for your age group, the millennials—that that is your uh, audience, it would be where to get started. It's the cash management strategies so that you can use your money wisely to start saving for your future at a very young age. Um, For the average person who is seeking out financial planning, it's someone who's more my age in the 50s and they are looking to retire in the next 10 to 15 years, that's when people start really focusing on how they've saved for their future. Do I have the right strategy in place? Am I taking advantage of the right tax strategies? Um, One thing to note is a financial planner does not give tax advice. Uh, We work directly with a CPA that works with our clients to provide that tax advice. For estate planning, we don't give legal advice. We work directly with their estate planning attorney and we coordinate the efforts of the team that helps the client get their full financial plan in place.
0: So say you were seeking out a financial planner, would you also need to seek out a CPA and like a tax attorney as well? Do you need like a bunch of different people working with your money or does it depend? Or how does that work?
1: You know, as your asset level grows, as you make more money, you have more property, you have more cash in the bank or maybe in a 401k, the more assets you have, the more people you need on your team to help you navigate taxes, investments, your estate plan, your insurances, A financial planner, a financial planner's role is to put together that team for you, to create relationships. I have uh, people that I know and trust that I refer my clients to. That's an estate planning attorney, that's a CPA. I handle a lot of the life insurance, but if they need health insurance, I have resources for health insurance. Um, Lots of different areas that I partner with people on. And I become the, I don't want to call it a quarterback, but kind of quarterbacking, getting the these team, this team of people um set up so my clients can walk in and have all of those resources at their fingertips.
0: Interesting. So it's like a financial football team.
1: It kind of is. That's a good way to put it.
0: <laughs> um good way to put it let's talk about uh your your book and or some of the messages you're you're trying to send to millennials and uh gen z what are uh, some effective ways to this is a three part question so what are some effective ways to save stay out of debt and save for your future
1: okay um i'll tell you a little bit about um how I got started in writing, writing the book, a little bit about what the book is about. um, And then I can answer some of those questions for you. And we'll, if you hear something I'm saying and you want to ask another question, then jump in um, and interrupt me, please. Uh, (laughs) But I started, I wrote the book um, because I was working with kids who had just graduated from college. Some of their parents were my clients and they said, would you talk to my child? They're about to make you know a good amount of money as a monthly income, as an annual income, and I want to make sure that they have the right structure in place so that they, A, stay out of debt, B, can save for their future, but most importantly, they stay off of my payroll, help my kids, and at the same time, you're helping me. And I said, okay, I'll sit down with them. And what I found out was about your generation, the millennial generation, is um, you guys are smart. You're well-educated, but you also have a lot of knowledge at your fingertips. We can go, everybody can go to Google and look up any, inf- any piece of information that they want. Right. But one of the things that I saw and learned was as kids have gone off to college, they've kind of stepped away from their fa- family values a little bit. They're forgetting that there's knowledge, but then there's also wisdom of experience. And a lot of the wisdom of experience that we get, we get from our parents, or our grandparents, or our religious beliefs. You know, we have a lot of mentors in our life. You probably had college professors that kind of mentored you. Did you have that experience?
0: Yeah, I did. When you were. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, one one calculus professor in particular, but yeah, that's a yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you kind of learn from their mistakes. They kind of help promote. Um, the same things that you're wanting to do and give you some great advice, it saves you time and money when you can tap into the wisdom of other people's experience, right? Right. Yeah, so um, that's kind of part of what the book is about is keeping your spending plans aligned with your values so that you're spending money on the things that matter most to you. So when we talk about, What the book is about, effective ways to save, stay out of debt, and save for your future, it kind of starts with what's important to you. So, let's talk a little bit about um, how you spend your money. So, when you get your paycheck, you've got to start divvying it up, right? First, you might think about rent, food, gas. Sometimes you need to buy clothes, those are the things that you need. To spend money on to survive, you got to have a roof over your head. You have food in the fridge. You got to have gas in your car to get to your job, so that you can keep making money, right? Then you have things that you want to do. The things that I want to do, I don't really want to pay rent. I'd rather go to the store and buy this cute new pair of shoes or a handbag or a, you know the new hottest phone or electronic item that's out there. But if you don't take care of those essential needs, then you won't have a house to live in. You won't have a food in the refrigerator if you go out and spend your money on all those, you know, other items. So part of the book helps you identify the things that you need to spend money on, the things that you want to spend money on. And then if you've gotten into a little bit of debt, you've got to figure out how to stop using your credit card and get out of debt. But, um, In in order to do all that, you kind of have to start with the basics.
0: Kind of like a hierarchy of spending. Like a- Yeah, a
1: hierarchy, a priority.
0: Priorities, yeah. Uh,
1: One of the things that the book does is, once you categorize your expenses, then you see how much money you have left over to save, or put towards debt, or save for your future. So um, some of the effective ways to save is first you have to figure out how much money you have left over and then you have to figure out what am I saving for? What goals do I have? So it could be a short-term goal, a medium-range goal, or a long-range goal. Those are the things that you kind of have to put some fundamentals in place. This book is all about putting the fundamentals in place so that you can save or you can get out of debt or you can save for your future in is this where the values, um, a lot of different ways.
0: Is this where the values kind of kick in by sticking to your, the things that your parents taught you so you can ha- make better spending habits?
1: Yes. Yes. It is. Um, so let's maybe talk about a couple of things that are important to you. What are a couple of things that are important to you, Peter Huseth, right now at the age you are?
0: Um Family is really important, Uh, friends, um, sometimes leisurely activities, maybe reading a book or taking my dog for a walk, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So what you described were some things that were, that cost money and some things that didn't cost money. So it doesn't cost you any money to go walk your dog. It doesn't cost you any money if you sit down to dinner with your family and you're eating at home. But if you want to go out and have activities with your friends and you leave the house to go do that, you're likely going to spend some money, right? You're going to go meet them for dinner, for a movie, go play top golf or something. So um, as you sit down and decide what's important to you, write them down and then put a dollar sign next to it. Or if there is no dollar sign, then it's free. You can write free. So then you can start looking at ways that how much is that one thing gonna cost me to do? Top golf is more expensive than just, you know, running to grab a cup of coffee. You're still spending time with somebody, but top golf is more expensive, right?
0: Right. Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um if you want to choose top golf, you can't do that every week, but you could go have a cup of coffee every week. So it's just identifying the things that you like to do. Spend money on the things that you like to do. Maybe you do it once a month. Maybe next month you have the money to go to Top Golf with a bunch of friends, but this month you don't. So maybe you just say, hey, let's meet for dinner or meet for a cup of coffee or, hey, I'm going to go take my dog to the park. You want to meet me? And that's free. So there's a lot of different ways to accomplish your goals on the things that you value most. There's ways to do it inexpensive. There are ways to do it expensive. It's just writing it all down. Write down the things that you like to do, how much they might cost to do it. And if there's something like a trip, you want to go take a trip to your family or friends, figure out how much that's going to cost and how long will it take me to save up that money?
0: A lot of what you're talking about, um, about like picking certain things to do, maybe not every day or every week, like once a month. Um, it sounds like kind of like the 80, 20 rule, you know, 80% of the time you're being fiscal and you're, you're conserving money. And then that, ladder 20% of the time you're going out and you're having fun, you're going up to talk golf or maybe you're going on a trip. Um, it, like, like it's the, uh, it sounds very similar. It's like a system, you know, like you're only doing so much mm-hmm. right at, at one point in time. And then the latter, then you enjoy yourself and have a little bit more yeah. fun.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that is probably one of the most important things is to define what it is you like to do and then figure out if it's going to cost you money or is there a a way you can do it where it costs you less. So I think one of the most important things that I would like for people to hear in the book is, you know, we all make a certain amount of money this year, next year, we're likely going to get a cost of living raise, or we may, Um, If we're in a sales role, we may earn more commission and we make more money. When you make more money, you don't have to increase your lifestyle. You can live in the same house, drive the same car, and then you can save a little bit more money towards your future to a long-term goal, a short-term goal, or if you have a little bit of credit card debt, you can start paying that off a little bit sooner. There's a lot of different things you can do with your money When you get that increase in pay, you don't always have to go out and spend it.
0: Yeah, a lot of, uh, I think they did a study on like a lot of millionaires and people who have substantial income, and a lot of the times, there are people who are just living down the street from you who don't have the Lamborghini or the extravagant house. They just have a house with, you know, a nice car. Um, mm-hmm. But you wouldn't think that they'd be making two, three million dollars, or because they,
1: they don't increase. The, yeah, yeah. I think you hit it on the. I think you understand the concept. It's really it's not what you make; it's what you spend.
0: Right, because that predicts. Yeah, you because know, spending is the losing part of your money. So if you're not spending as much money, you you have more exponentially, in the long run. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Um in your book, uh you know, you talk about how millennials or college students going back to their families um and asking them for financial advice. You know, due to the current trends that people are placing on millennials being like really stubborn or entitled, do you think they're likely to go back to their mom and dad or whoever and ask them about how to spend money?
1: You know, uh, I think that there's a lot of rhetoric. There's a lot of talk out there about millennials and how they behave and what their mindsets are. I don't believe that it is all millennials think that way. Personally, I'm, I've got a lot of friends with kids in the millennial generation and the Gen Z generation, and I don't see it. I think there's um, a small group of people that are, making the big group look bad. I do think that people uh, can stray away when they start to make a lot of money. Money changes people, and it's a mindset thing that you have to determine in your mind that you're going to keep hold, strong hold of your family values. If, um, If you start making a lot of money, go back to your parents and your grandparents Learn about where they got their ideas about money. If you go back and talk to your your parents about how they were raised, what their parents thought about money, some of the mistakes or successes that they made as they were uh, making money, earning money, saving money, spending money, you will find that you will gain more insight and wisdom that will keep you from making mistakes in the future. You know, it's almost like that that statement, if you do the same thing that was done in the past, you're going to make the same mistakes unless you learn from it. Well, if we learn from our parents' past and keep from making those mistakes, we're going to have a much smoother future and a much smoother present.
0: This this might be kind of a curveball question, but what about those who don't necessarily have their parents as role models?
1: You know, uh, there's mentors out there in in all of our lives. There's somebody that has influenced us, whether it was a teacher, a counselor, a professor at college, someone in your church, uh, uh, someone in your friend group, maybe one of your friend's parents. It doesn't have to be a family member. It could be an aunt or an uncle. It could be Um, you know, a friend from church or somewhere. It's someone whose opinion you value and respect. Those are the people you want to go to for advice and wisdom.
0: All right, Sherry, we're actually kind of ending near the end of the show. Um, But I really appreciate you coming on and you really dropped a lot of wisdom and uh, definitely enlighten uh, my listeners. So. Thank you very much.
1: Well, thank you. And I appreciate you having me. And I look forward to um, hearing more. You have a lot of really good podcasts out there. And so thank you for inviting me to be on. And I look forward to hearing more in the future.